Hi, it's Dick Wagner here. Welcome to our CrestCast podcast. As a co-founder of the Crest Network, you probably already know that I'm a longtime blogger at AskDickWagner.com. Bill Giannone, the other co-founder of the Crest Network, spent 25 years on Wall Street helping businesses with processes, procedures, financials, and evaluating whether they should or could be bought and sold and bought and, and so forth. Scott provides incredible knowledge with production, especially on large losses. And Misty is a master at documentation. And her documentation, in my opinion, is second to none. And especially as it relates to any disaster project, including large loss. My phone number is 419-202-6745. And you can call me anytime. I'll give you that number again at the end of my presentation. Today, my topic is your marketer is not a salesperson. Almost every new client I talk to refers to their marketer as a salesperson. I try to diplomatically tell them that marketing or marketers are not salespeople. Salespeople get a contract signed or they deliver a product and they collect payment and or at least get a commitment for that person, that customer to pay later. Salespeople are even partially judged on their closing ratio. Uh, and that's not including how many people they actually get in front of. How many visits and clients they call on and whether or not they actually got a firm agreement in writing are all critiqued for the salesperson. Typically sales estimators and often even senior project managers are tasked with going to a job site, evaluating and assessing the loss, often writing a scope and and an, sometimes an estimate and getting an agreement in writing with the property owner. That's the role of a project manager, sales estimator, salesperson. The problem arises when the owner or office manager puts a help wanted ad on the internet trying to fill the position of a marketer but they advertise for a salesperson. They are a very confused public, in, especially regarding the exact position that you're trying to hire for. You usually get the wrong applicant. Salespeople, by the way, don't generally make good marketers. And conversely, marketers don't make good salespeople. It gets even more complicated because some companies realize they're 
they aren't trying to hire a salesperson. So they they think they're going to be really smart and they advertise for a marketer. Guess what they get when they apply? When those quote-unquote marketers apply, those applicants are applying for a marketing position always and only want to be at a desk. They don't want to go out and face real clients. They're even afraid of being told no. They don't make good marketers for the kind of marketer that we want to hire. Sure, they may be good at advertising. They might be good at, at SEO, search engine optimization, building websites, doing graphic design, and they may create really great brochures and flyers. And yes, they can make your website look impressive, but you usually don't need to hire a full-time desk person for that position. This type of marketer isn't what you need or want to build your business with insurance agents and plumbers and some other specific verticals. They certainly won't be motivated to go out on the road and call on agents and plumbers and attend networking events. Even more discouraging is that almost all of the website work or social media posting or brochure building is passive or it generates passive connections at best. And you'll never generate enough business that way unless you are incredibly brilliant at blogging, writing, social media engagement, and almost nobody is. The kind of marketer you want working for you is someone that's likable, not afraid of rejection, willing to cold call on the phone, and willing to cold visit, willing to do Zoom meetings with clients and prospects, and build relationships. I recommend that you have them take an, a or complete a Burke assessment to help determine how they rank. Rarely does a low-ranking person do well as a marketer. I've seen it for years. It isn't a crystal ball, the Burke assessment, but it provides you with a good understanding of what their strengths and weaknesses are. Don't assess them for a sales or marketing position either. A higher ranking in one of those two positions won't get you the right candidates. The wrong person can say all the right things in an interview and then bomb terribly in the position. Having another set of ears and eyes on the candidate can help prevent making a hiring mistake. And remember, I, I want to make sure you really hear this. 
You're not trying to hire a social butterfly. They don't work out. We try to help the candidate understand several things that they would expect to be or be expected to perform. I don't want to forget some of these key points, so I've taken the liberty of writing them down in front of me so I didn't miss some of them. Here they are in no particular order. They should, and I tell them when I interview them by Zoom, that they will build a route of potential prospects and include some existing or previous customers. That they will visit those prospects and they'll develop relationships with them. I tell those candidates that they're going to follow up and they're going to follow through regularly. I tell them that possibly they might do some social media engagement, but it's probably only going to be about 5% of their total work time. They want to do it after hours or on the weekends. That's up to them. I tell them that they should be willing to work 45 or 50 hours or more each week. I have a marketer right now that I work with, and she works pretty much regularly 60 hours a week. But you know what? She's generating several million dollars a year in revenue for her company. I have another marketer that consistently by going to early morning breakfast and staying late for after hours, cocktail hours and so forth, she's regularly working all of 50 plus hours a week. And she is consistently year after year generating upwards of $2 million a year revenue for her company. I want them to understand that they have to make judgment decisions about client rankings. Is that client, do they fall into the A, the B, or the C category? They have to make those subjective decisions. And sometimes they get lucky and, and they, uh, they aren't subjective. They're very clear cut, but often they are subjective. And they have to be coachable. That, again, isn't always a crystal ball, but they have to be willing to follow today's coaching. If I'm coaching them, either they're going to go out and do what I recommend that they do, or they're going to try and remake the system, do it their own way, and that doesn't work. If what I'm telling them doesn't work after six months, Okay, talk to me about it, but don't try to change what we already know works right out of the gate. It doesn't make sense. As is quite obvious, hiring a marketer that will generate at least a million dollars a year in revenue for you, it's extremely important. 
giving them the proper coaching, training, and, and the guidance they need is also extremely essential. During the past 15 years, I've rarely seen a marketer that's capable of generating this kind of revenue without coaching and intense restoration marketing specialist certification training. We refer to it as RMS. That only works once you have the right person. We had a about a six, eight months ago, we had a person attend our RMS class, participated well, engaged well, gave me all the appropriate lip service that she needed to give. And then she went back home and essentially uh, within a couple of weeks, she quit with no notice. It dawned on her that she was not the right person. It's not always can we spot that in our crystal ball. As a co-founder of the Crest Network, I and several others provide you with incredible leverage for your business because I want to help or we want to help your company be a top producer. We want to help you be an industry power broker and extremely profitable. I'm Dick Wagner. I'm a coach, a marketing consultant, a trainer, a mentor, an advisor, and a public speaker. Call me anytime, 419-202-6745. I'm always happy to talk to you. Thanks for listening.